Welcome to the Love Rising Podcast. Our intention with this podcast is to record thought-provoking and empowering conversations with leading experts in the fields of nutrition, movement, mental and emotional health, and spiritual connection. And we're your hosts, Kylie and Clara. In the professional realm, Clara is a nutrition therapy practitioner, voice dialogue therapist, and essential oil educator. Clara also loves deep conversations about psychology, sales and marketing, singing in her husband's band, and traveling. Random fact, Clara and her husband's band name is The Meat Sweats. That's right. <laughs> look look for our first selfie. In the professional realm, Kylie is a certified transformational nutrition coach and personal trainer. In the less professional realm, you can find her traveling with her hubby and fur baby in their sprinter van. Hashtag Chan Van Adventures. Random fact, Kylie tried out for the Chargers cheer team and made it from 300 down to 100. All right, everybody, welcome to the Love Rising podcast. We are so excited to bring our guest to you today, Kayla Osterhoff of BioCurious Kayla on Instagram, Facebook, all those places. Kayla is a health scientist, functional health and wellness coach, and a doctoral student of mind-body medicine. She is also a competitive runner and dua, duathlete. Is that yes. how you say yeah. that? <laughs> Do athlete? Okay. <laughs> Who writes about how to use biohacks and other functional health practices to, op- to optimize and upgrade her life. She is passionate about empowering and supporting women to optimize their health and wellness, harness their power, and reach their full potential through holistic wellness practices and biohacking. So like we said, we, you can find her biocuriouskayla.com, biocuriouskayla on Insta, uh, biocuriouskayla on Facebook. And she also has a podcast too. So we've got a fellow podcaster in our midst today, which is always fun. So um, we will link to all of those, of course, in the show notes. And we always like to start off, Kayla, by asking, what is your story? How did you get here? Yeah, first of all, thank you so much for having me on. I'm super excited to talk to you guys. And I love your podcast and the message that you share. So um, it's really great to be on. Um, yeah, so my story, um, is a little bit interesting because I actually, um, I kind of always knew that I would work in the health field in some capacity. Um, my mom actually used to tell me when I was a kid that I was going to be a brain surgeon and I actually thought I might be up through high school, (laughs) which I'm not, I'm totally not. Um, although I do love neuroscience and it is one of my focus areas in my doctoral program, but I'm definitely not a brain surgeon. Um, so my path was a little windy. Um, I started out, um, in undergrad studying the, the normal health sciences, anatomy and physiology, chemistry, biochemistry, um, biology, all of those things, um, because I was going for pre-physical therapy. Um, And I actually worked in a physical therapy office for six years and I love physical therapy. I think movement is so important to our overall health and wellness. Um, But then I kind of saw some problems with the, with the healthcare system in general that were a lot broader and that I thought I could make a difference in that area. Um, And so I actually switched gears and decided to study public health for my master's and um, with the goal, I wanted to work in public health at the systems level um, so that I could make hopefully a difference to more than just individuals, but more at like the population level. Um, 
one of the big areas that I see as a challenge for individual health, and it stems from the system level, is that um, folks have a hard time taking ownership of their own health. And so that's really what I'm passionate about. That's what drives my work in public health. Um, I'm a health scientist and I work in global cardiovascular health currently. Um, but also um, on the individual side, I work with individuals to help and empower them to take ownership of their health as well. So I think it, it's kind of a bottom up approach and a top down approach at the same time where at the systems level, um, we need to empower people to make decisions for themselves and not just blindly, you know, take pills or whatever as a diagnosis without doing their own research and getting a second opinion and that sort of thing. But also from the bottom up, they need support from people like health coaches or physical therapists or, um, or regular psychologists, that sort of thing, so that people can um, understand their own health and their own biology and what's needed so that they can make educated decisions for themselves. And so that's kind of what drives my work and why I decided to go into mind-body medicine for my doctoral program, um, because I really want people to understand their biology and also take control over it. And so that's really, that's what biohacking is. And that's how I really got passionate about biohacking. Mm, I love that. There's a few things I kind of was pulling out of there and um, that people taking ownership of their own health. Um, I think you, a, you said it really eloquently through with the context too, just really pinpointing. It was like pit, like dot right there. That's the problem. Like that's, that's what people have the most difficulty with. And I think, yeah, it's important that we understand what, like what foods serve us well and, and how to exercise whatever that, however we want to, but it's like, that's the rub, you know, is that people have a hard time taking ownership of their own health. And so that's so awesome. Yeah. So just, I guess, as kind of a follow-up question to that, how is biohacking related to that? Yeah. So biohacking, um, a, a definition that I like to use that's kind of um, encompasses what biohacking is in a nutshell, um, is it's really about um, examining and changing your external and internal environment so that you can have control over your biology for specific health and wellness outcomes. So for instance, an easy way to demonstrate that would be, um, let's say, you know, at work, you're a little, you have a little bit of brain fog, you're a little tired. So you drink a cup of coffee and you instantly have more energy, more focus. Um, so the only thing that changed there was that you put, you, you changed your internal environment by adding something in. And so that's like a low level, like very simple biohack that you could use. Um, but really, what biohacking does, which I love the, I love the term biohacking, which is just a fancy term for functional health practice when it boils down to it. And most people are biohackers without even knowing it. Um, but what I love about it is it really comes from the science standpoint of health and wellness and holistic health practices. And it explains on a biological level, what's happening in your body when you're doing these specific things. So rather than just saying, you know, for instance, 
um, you should meditate because it's good for your mental health. Well, biohacking kind of goes a little deeper than that. So it tells you, yes, absolutely. Meditating is a, is a very important and powerful biohack. But the reason why is because in your body, it actually um, helps to balance out your adrenals. It helps to balance your hormones. It um, calms your parasympathetic nervous system. It actually builds new neural pathways in your brain. So it's actually building your brain capacity and power and helps with mental focus. So I love how it kind of goes a little deeper than just a suggestion of, of something, a practice somebody should do. So that's, that's, in, it's interesting. The, um, the example with the coffee, cause you know, <laughs> in, I feel like in this health and wellness kind of space, we don't really think of like, I mean, in that same vein, you could almost say like, take, take a diet pill and that'll give yeah. you energy and that's biohacking. <laughs> um, so, so there is, there is a relationship between biohacking and health though correct or like, like long-term health you know it's like well that is a biohack for the moment but in the long term maybe drinking coffee at 3 p.m every day isn't a bio isn't a biohack in a way because it's like actually going to start to break down you know it might affect your adrenals it might affect your mm -hmm. gut health like all these things does that make sense yeah so biohacking like the the definition of it like you're right a take by definition taking a diet pill would be a biohack. I don't think it would be a positive biohack. I think that would be a negative biohack. But, um, but for me, the approach that I take and what I, um, what I, the, the biohacking that I practice, I call it holistic biohacking and natural biohacking. So I am not so much into, um, into like the more invasive biohacking that some folks do. Um, some folks even go as far as to put implants into their body to attain extra senses. Um, I'm definitely not on that end of the spectrum. I'm more of a holistic and natural health focus of biohacking. Yeah, and so when we're talking about, you know, the, the difference between, and, and especially as health coaches, we've seen so many people who, you know, we give them the tools and then they almost play the victim and they don't actually implement them or they want you to do it for them and, yeah. and they're so wondering why they're they're stuck in this cycle of no no results and so how do you start to almost retrain their brains from something that they're so used to just like oh yeah sure I will do that yes I will do that and then they don't mm -hmm. to explaining okay this is what it's actually doing um, and then kind of retraining their brains to make yeah. those new habits and those no, new neural pathways yeah, so I think the key is to empower people with education. Um, so for me, and what the placebo effect is based on, which is also, as you know, very powerful, um, is, and it's really a testament to the power of the brain in general, but the key to that is understanding what you're doing and why you're doing it, and then what the effect is supposed to be, and you're going to have better outcomes. So for instance, if I tell somebody that they should, we'll go back to the meditation example. If I tell somebody that they should meditate and I basically just say meditate because it's good for you. Um, yeah, likely they're not going to do it because that takes dedication. It takes daily practice. It's very hard. I mean, it's hard for me and I've been doing it for a while. Um, so the better way to do something like this is to ease into it and give them 
first of all, the explanation on how it will benefit them and what's actually happening inside their body when they meditate and the changes that can happen with daily practice and how that will benefit them. Um, and then from there, I give them very, very simple um, and small bites to take at a time. But I go, what I do is for any biohacker, any, any suggestion that I give to any of my clients or even friends, family, um, even when I'm doing you know, population level education is I go with what is the easiest, like lowest common denominator, the thing that they can do that will take the less, least amount of effort that will have the biggest impact. And then that's how you get buy-in. Once you show them like you can do this small thing and have a huge impact, you will have somebody's buy-in. And then they're a lot more likely to do this investment in their own health. I think that's so powerful and it's true. It's, um, you know, I think when you start to explain things to people about why, why we're doing the things we do for our health and for longevity, mm -hmm. it probably, you know, it takes time to create the habit, but it probably switches and you probably know more about this, but actually switches something on in your brain that mm -hmm. it's almost like that reward system. You kind of keep coming back, but absolutely, you know, you always want to approach people with what's in it for you for that person, you know? So why are you doing this? You're going to do it because you're going to have a huge benefit to your health. You're going to feel better. You're going to have more energy. You're going to have more focus. You're going to, because of that, you're going to have better relationships. You're going to show up better at work and, um, you know, be more efficient, be more productive. So those are the thing, those are the rewards for doing these things that can be kind of hard. That's so good. Um, what, I want to ask you this in more depth, maybe a little bit later, but just to hit on a few right now, like what are some of simple biohacks that, you know, you do, or you, you recommend people do that are that least amount of effort for the most amount of reward? Yeah. So my approach to biohacking is really, it also ties into mind body medicine and what I've learned in that aspect as well. And so um, the first thing and the most important thing I think is you have to take care of the basics first. So one of the basics is, do you have a healthy environment internally? Um, and then do you have a healthy in environment externally? And that's just, just going to the basic level that can go very in depth. But so for instance, are the thoughts in your mind positive? Are they propelling you forward? Or do you have some limiting beliefs that are holding you back? Um, do you have some trauma that you haven't worked through that is really just causing, you know, um, poor mental health for you? Um, if you don't address those most basic things, then you can do all the biohacks in the world and it's probably not going to help because you have an unhealthy environment in your mind. Um, another example is, I just want to, I want to throw okay. one thing, sorry to interrupt, but like there's this quote that just goes so along with that. And that's that beliefs are just thoughts that you think all the time. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and also, so another example would be um, your, if you're thinking more like in your body internally, if you are not putting in good fuel for your body, if you are not eating healthy things, then you cannot function at a level that is going to be healthy. So 
you know, if it goes back to the very basic thing, if you are eating a bunch of processed food and sugar and fast food and, you know, all the wrong things that are go not going to support your body and your mind and your brain, um, then again, you can do all the other biohacks in the world, but it's not going to matter because you're unhealthy at the most basic level. Um, and then the external example would be, let's say you're living in a house that has toxic mold or something. Um, you know, if you're living in an environment that is toxic, it could be, you know, some sort of um, poison, pesticide, it could be some sort of mold, uh, something that is like really like actually poisoning your body, but it could also be like living in a house with a toxic person who is emotionally abusive to you. So if, if you don't address like these baseline things first, then, um, then I don't think there's any point in getting, you know, deeper into a biohacking practice. Yeah. And there's something really key here that we can just kind of like touch on as far as that. It's just like this basic thing. Like I think so many people get so hung up around the food, like what food should I eat? What food's good for me? And you're just keeping it super simple. And I will recommend that people go back and listen to the episode about uh, food simplicity that we did, because it's just like food, healthy food doesn't have to be complicated guys. It can just right. be really simple, whole foods, just, you know, like, you know, you know, what's good for you and what's not. You already know. You don't need us to tell you. You don't need anyone to give you a meal plan. You already know. So, yeah. and it has to come from that place of like, if you're not putting good fuel into your body, you can't function at that higher level. Like that's a quote that you just said. And it's true. It's, it's, um, it's like kind of a, a slap in the face to like the, you know, to what you deserve. Right. When you yeah. don't feed yourself that healthy food. And it's not that we're going to eat perfect all the time, but it's that, we do it because we love ourselves and we want to function at that higher level, not because we like need to, or there's some sort of like constrictive directive on us, you know? Yeah, you're completely right. And I agree with you. Um, it's, it's really about following your intuition. And that's one of the things, especially in working with women um, and um and one of one of my passion projects right now that I'm um, will be launching soon, later on this year with one of my partners is the Women's Biohacking Collective, which is really about exactly what you're talking about. It's about following your intuition and taking care of yourself at the most basic levels, so that you can not only um, show up how you need to show up in your life, but so that you can be the caretaker that, you know, we're all driven to be, um, whether it be at work or with our families or our children or our parents, whoever, you know, women are really driven by um, their need to take care of others, but we have to take care of ourselves first. Otherwise, we will not be effective at taking care of anyone else or showing love to anyone else if we don't love ourselves first. And I just, I'm so glad that you're bringing up this point about how it really starts with these basic, these basic levels, this inner and this outer piece kind of. And um, I think it is downpouring here. So I'm sorry if you guys can hear it in the background. <laughs> I'm like trying to keep it away from my computer. But, um, but what I was going to say is, you know, when something that needs to be said, and I think it can be really encouraging for people is to know that when you start at a basic level, all of the other biohacking things that you will do will actually kind of just naturally 
become what you do. And so it doesn't need to be like, okay, I start here. And then it's like, you get to the next level and that's so hard. It kind of just goes hand in hand. It's true. And you know, once you start feeling better, um, emotionally, physically, mentally, you have so much more time and energy on your hands, which are our most valuable resources. So if we can boost our time and our energy, um, which is means taking care of ourselves first, then we are going to be so much more efficient at everything else. And like you said, all the other practices are just going to come naturally and you're going to crave doing these things that really support your biology and your brain and your body and give you energy so that you can do more and more and, you know, really enjoy your life and live it to the fullest. Mm, yeah. I, I'm just going to share like a personal kind of anecdote. Um, so I, if you're, if you're familiar with the Clifton Strengths Finder, it's like a, mm -hmm. it's a personality test. Yeah. And I have, they have your, like, they kind of give you your five, your top five strengths. And one of my top five strengths is focus. So, mm -hmm. which is great because it's something that, you know, I think a lot of people struggle with. However, all strengths can be weaknesses if they're taken to like a certain level, right? So part of my tendency is to, I can focus so hard that I can literally work for like 10 hours straight and just <laughs> do the same thing. Like I, I can physically do that. I, I don't like, I feel like my brain's working. I feel like I'm focusing. But what I started to notice when I was, when I was doing a lot of this, especially being an entrepreneur and starting my own business and feeling like I had all these to do's was that I would just start like spinning, like in my head, like it, like I would just almost keep adding to the to-do list as I'm doing the to-do list. And it's only in the last year that I've realized that if I stop every 50 minutes mm -hmm. and take a break for 10 minutes, so every hour, so every 50 minutes, no matter what I'm doing, I stop and I have a timer set and I go and I drink some water and I walk around and I move. And it actually, it comes from high performance habits by Brendan Bruchard, but um, but that has created so much more efficiency in my work that that thing that might have taken 10 hours, I can do in like four hours um, because I'm actually focused and my brain is actually able to, you know, like um, to work efficiently instead of kind of being like that like ADD brain where you're like doing <laughs> one thing and then you check your email and then you check Facebook and then you and you're and before you know it, you're like, have I been doing this for three hours, like going back and forth between <laughs> you know, all these things. Um, so yeah, just like that, how, how much it can affect just like having a, that little bit of a break, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I was just like you and I think it's, you know, the type A entrepreneur personality, um, in all of us. And especially, you know, it's another reason why women entrepreneurs especially need extra, this extra support is I do the same exact thing. Um, I used to work just like you 10 hours straight. And then I would look up from my computer and it'd be like 1am and I'm like, Oh my gosh, what am I doing? And, um, you know, it was great because I would get so much done, but actually after doing that for so many years, I actually caused myself adrenal fatigue and leaky gut because of all the stress I was causing to my system without doing any self-care practices. So Similarly to you, part of the protocol to heal from leaky gut and adrenal fatigue um, outside of seeing my functional doctor was 
I had to take breaks for meditation. Um, I had to add in a daily meditation practice to kind of calm my nervous system. But also, I just like you in between transitions between tasks I take 10 minutes I take a break I do the same thing I get up but I actually like to I'll turn on the music and I'll just like dance around for like five minutes and like get my energy back up or I'll jump on my little mini trampoline or whatever and that really resets your brain to be way more efficient for the next task so even though you're losing 10 minutes you're probably gaining 20 minutes because you're more efficient yeah, exactly. I think it's like, we think we have to just, it's like when you're in the moment in that 10 hour streak, you're like, oh, but if I just do this one last thing, if I just do this and, yeah. I just, and we just get in that space and then, but yeah, what, what we don't realize is we're actually, we're actually wasting time in Absolutely. for lack of a better way of saying it. We're just wasting time because we're just, we're not focused. We're not efficient. Um, yeah. yeah. But once, but you have to like kind of realize that I think. And that could either be a personal realization or like a, an illness or, you, you know, maybe someone else telling you it. Like maybe you hear this on a podcast and you're like, I'm going to, I'm going to try it. I'm just going to yeah. try it and see how it works. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and I love that you mentioned um, Brendan Burchard's High Performance Habits. That's one of my favorite books and there's so much good information in there. So anybody listening to this, um, we are not endorsed by him at all, but we love his book. So I would highly suggest it for anyone for some good, like actionable tips that you can do to um, manage your time better. Yeah. yeah Kylie, told, Kylie told me about that book. So good. We're interrupting this amazing conversation briefly to let you know that on our website, loverisingpodcast.com, you can download our free rise guide. The rise guide lays out two practices for your rising, as well as gives you a sweet visualization. Let the love rise up. One thing that I wanted to point out and kind of come back to as well is we're talking about biohacking. So when you're mm -hmm. thinking about you as a person, like start to question, you know, like you're supposed to work eight hours a day. That's what we're taught to believe. And you work really hard during those hours, but question the typical things, you know, when you're tired, you have a cup of coffee, because that's what we're told, start to question those things and go, but what does my body need? And yeah. so maybe my body works really well, like you guys talked about getting up, dancing around, or maybe it works better if you take a five minute cat nap or, you know, something like that. But remember that when you're biohacking to be curious and say, well, what works for me and then play around with it and have that kind of playful mentality around it. Yeah, I completely agree. And actually, I I hate it when some of my fellow biohackers out there are like, this is the end all be all biohack. You have to do, you know, 30 minutes of red light every day. You have to do an hour of meditation every day. You have to take these 50 supplements every day. You have to drink this special water and you have to do this thing. And, and they're making it so complicated. And it's not really that complicated. It's more about listening, tuning into your body, listening to what the cues in your body are telling you. Like for instance, when I was, you know, starting to get really sick by the adrenal fatigue and the leaky gut, like my body was telling me that there was a problem long before I started addressing. And if I would have listened, then I could have incorporated some biohacks that would have probably prevented it from getting worse um, or even fully happening. But it's, you're right. It's more, it's just like listening to your body. Your body 
knows everything already and it will tell you if you're listening. So just be listening because it's, it's always right. <laughs> what is your favorite way to, to biohack? Maybe you don't have to, but just to listen to your body, like to, to build that relationship where you can start to go, Oh, this is what I like, or kind of how do, what are your favorite ways to really connect? Yeah. So, um, I love that you say that because I do talk about like biohacking your spirituality, which, um, some biohackers out there might be like, that's not a biohack because it's not like, you know, some device or some pill or something, but it certainly is because, um, you know, these things that you can do, for instance, meditation or breathing exercises, or just sitting silently with yourself or, you know, floating. I like to go and do um, a floating session where it's complete sensory deprivation and you're just left by yourself with your thoughts. That is absolutely a biohack because things are changing within your body that are having an effect on your health, your mental health, your physical health, your well-being. Um, So those are some things that I like to do, but I think it's really, it's just important to get to know yourself. have some times where you can just be quiet with yourself and you don't necessarily have to meditate and you don't have to clear your brain of all thoughts because for me that's never ever happened um you know i've been meditating for years and not once have i ever been able to clear all my thoughts <laughs> that's just for me that doesn't work but what's really powerful to me is going back to your your mind body connection so one way to do that is take three deep breaths and just focus on your breath and see how that feels in your body. And then that's a really good way to like tune in to your body and see where you are, see how you're feeling. You can even close your eyes and do a little body scan and be like, is there somewhere I'm feeling tension? Like, are my shoulders really tight? Is there somewhere where I'm feeling pain? Um, You know, is my stomach feeling okay? Like you can really just kind of tune into your body and be like, how am I feeling right now? And that might tell you what you're needing in that moment. Yeah. Awesome. And I mean, it's so simple. And I think, you know, our egos will want to be like, well, there's got to be something more, but it's, I mean, if you're feeling frantic and I think that that's why the, just to bring up that story again about like the 10 hours versus the six hours with breaks, it's like when you're in that frantic state of mind where you're like super distracted, but also trying to like, but also kind of feeling like you're getting stuff done it's like if you stop and just breathe for a few seconds, you'll come back to that core of like, okay, what am I doing? What's the, what's the main goal here? Am I writing a blog post or am I responding to emails or am I doing Facebook? Like, what am I doing? Right. And it's the yeah. same with like, you know, if you're not an entrepreneur, if you're like a mom and you've got kids running around yelling and you're, and you're trying to text someone back and you're, thinking about your schedule for the next day, it's like, stop, create some space for yourself to figure out where is the intention? Like, what am I doing? And that is, I mean, yeah, your body will tell you, you, you will know what you're actually doing, but we have to give ourselves like that, that kind of container to say, wait, let's bring it back in, bring it back in. (laughs) Yeah. And like you said, it's so simple, but it's actually one of the hardest things ever, especially for busy people who are type A, who are really all about doing, doing, doing. Um, it's the hardest thing, but it's the simplest thing. It's just take a moment to calm down, 
tune into your body. And like you said, you'll get refocused. You'll remember, oh yeah, this is what I was, this was the goal. Sometimes you forget about the goal because you're in all these tasks and you get totally distracted and then you're not actually achieving what it is that you're trying to achieve in the long term. Yeah. I think that I've been uh, revisiting this concept of scarcity and abundance, which is a very Mm. basic concept, but revisiting it in the sense of time, like, and the same, like, it's like for us to stop and give ourselves that space, um, like I call it space for grace. It's like, there's, there's this, this trust in the abundance of the ability to stop right when we're just like frazzled and like we're like we have to do more we have to go 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 it's a very scarce place to be so that's just a concept that I know a lot of people are familiar with is scarcity versus abundance but like we want to be abundant in all things right so we want to trust that we have the abundance of time and of of space in our lives to be able to stop if we're feeling that energy of like oh I gotta do more I gotta Yeah, I totally agree. And I think the most important thing is to have abundance in our health because, you know, you could have all the success in the world. You could have all the money in the world, but if you're sick, what, it doesn't matter because you're not going to enjoy it. And the people around you are not going to enjoy you. And so, you know, it's all about our personal health and the health of, you know, our emotions and our relationships. So at the most basic level, that's what we have to focus on. There's a quote from uh, Alice Nichols. She's a mentor of mine, but it's um, success leaves clues. And you'll notice that most like super high achieving people like CEOs and they exercise. They're mm-hmm. like, if you look at them, they look like a healthy, vibrant person. Um, they also have like, we kind of have this conception of like the CEO being this guy who's like a workaholic. And I think that's like old news. Like, I think that the CEOs of the future are very much balanced. Like they have a healthy home life. They have good boundaries. They run a company that, you know, treats its people well and, and leaves time for leisure activities and vacations and, and location flexibility and all that stuff. And they also take really good care of themselves. And so I think that we got, we have to kind of let go of this idea that the successful person is like burnt out, overworked because they're not a successful person is someone who their whole life is working well. You know, it's not just their body. It's not just their company. It's not just their job. It's like everything as a whole is kind of working well. And, and when we have that, then we have the capacity to take on more, right? Like you have the capacity to be the athlete to have the business, to have the academic career, like all the things that you obviously have, like that is a testament to your ability to, to hold a lot of different things um, in a way that's, that's healthy. Yeah, you're totally right. And you know, my capacity for what people would look at my life and say is successful, my capacity to do those things comes from self-awareness and taking time out to care for myself because if I'm not healthy and my body's not running efficiently, I am just going to run myself into the ground. Yeah, sure. Maybe I can have a successful career. Maybe I can, you know, be successful in school. Um, But like you said, maybe my home life won't be very healthy. Maybe my body won't be very healthy. Maybe I won't be sleeping at night. And eventually 
that's going to build up and it's going to cause a breaking point at some point. Yeah. And I think it's also important that when we're talking about success, remembering that everybody can define their own success and what success looks like for you might be totally different than me. And so it's so important to sit down and ask yourself, what does success look like for me? Is it a healthy home life, a good work balance, getting exercise in five times a week, like eating lots of fruits and veggies and just getting really clear on that? Because once you have that, it's like your, it's just your pathway. It's like, okay, this is, this is what I do now. It's like biohacking your success. Yes. I love it. That's what we should start a course, biohacking your success. Yeah. Oh, I like it. I love that. That's brilliant. That's awesome. Yeah. So I want to, I, I want to touch on um, a couple more things. Um, one, I love that you're doing this. I didn't know this, that you're doing the women's biohacking collective because that is something that I'm super interested in is like, why is biohacking different for women than men? Because I feel like a lot of the biohacking stuff and it's not that old, but it's kind of like in in the way that health and wellness just exponentially like mm-hmm. moves forward. Like even five, 10 years ago, um, like when I was first kind of getting into this stuff, there was a lot of like ma- very masculine biohacking, yeah. you know, yeah. it's like Tony Robbins with like all yeah. the, the gadgets and like the oxygen and like, I, I mean, <laughs> yeah. not that it's like fine, but it's like, um, it doesn't exactly resonate with me. So like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, if you looked at my life and like my daily routine, you would probably be like, holy crap, she's biohacking so much uh, yeah. because I take lots of supplements. I do lots of meditation. I exercise. I have a very set like kind of things I check off the list and things mm-hmm. I do in morning and night. But I also feel like I do them in a very feminine centric yeah. way. Um, yes. So yeah. So I want to learn more about that. Yeah. So, um, first of all, biohacking, you're right. It, when it came, you know, when the term was coined by Dave Asprey, who is, you know, a leader in this field, and that's actually one of the people who inspired me to get into biohacking, I realized that, yeah, it's very masculine and it's focused towards men. And it's also focused towards doing, 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 um, and all these gadgets, and it can be very techy and overwhelming. And I don't feel like in that way and still currently it's not super inviting for women but i love biohacking because it really does empower people to take ownership of their health and their well-being and their life so i want more women to come into this space i want them to take ownership of their health and wellness through these channels because i think it's really powerful um and so that's kind of, I saw a need there. I, I think that we should bring more women into this space and empower them to take control of their biology and understand what's happening within their bodies and, um, and why it's important to have control over their internal and external environments. Um, so really that's where the idea for the Women's Biohacking Collective kind of um, arose was that I wanted women to feel comfortable coming into this space But also I wanted to bring some fun around it, some community. Um, And a lot of the women who would be interested in this group are going to be more of like your entrepreneurs, your type A, the women who may not be taking very good care of themselves that really need this sort of these, these tips and tricks and practices to help them be healthier and show up as leaders. Um, And so the Women's Biohacking Collective is really to empower women one, to take ownership of their own health, but also to be better 
and more impactful leaders um, through taking control of their own biology and their own health and wellness and well-being. Um, so, so the the biohacking collective it'll be um, it'll be it'll look and feel like a magazine, which is you know something that we like as women. We like beautiful images and we like um, community and we like some fun, you know, like um, like little quizzes and and things like. Um, there might, we might include something like astrology um, within, you know, the offerings of the collective, but really it's to bring this community together, support each other, but also share this really impactful information in a fun and beautiful way. That's amazing. I, I can't wait to see when all that yeah. comes to fruition. It'll be beautiful. Um, but I had, I had to giggle because when you were talking about biohacking is so doing, 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 and then you think about Dave Asprey and doesn't he take like a hundred supplements a day? He's trying to live to one eighty or something. And I, I just read an article and I'm like, how do you even fit that many? I mean, how many supplements at one time can he take? We're taking meds. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I probably take way too many supplements too. But also, I take a, I do take like a minimalist approach as far as. Every morning when I go downstairs to like, you know, get my coffee ready and take my supplements, drink my water, whatever, um, I do take a moment to tune into myself. Like this morning, I was going and I was going to take my regular handful of supplements. It's probably like 20 things. Um, and I was like, hmm, I'm not really feeling it. So I just took a regular multivitamin and my probiotics and had my coffee. And for today, that's what felt right. So that's what I did. I do that too. I take, I take, I take a lot of supplements. Um, and most of the time that does feel right, mm -hmm. but there actually has been, I just did this like cleanse 30 day cleanse and it was a lot of uh, even more supplements. And I was like, not feeling it. I think my body just needs a little bit, like just the basics for a little bit. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yes and all the other stuff like red light therapy and oxygen therapy, ozone therapy, um, you know, blue or, um, you know, blue light blocking and, um, you know, EMF mitigation, all the other, all the other things are kind of, for me, cyclic. Like I go in and out of doing those things and I just kind of like see what feels right that day and I do it. Um, but there are a few non-negotiables like, um, my diet, which is very simple. It's just prioritize high quality fats, don't eat processed food, and cut out all refined sugar. That's that's my diet. I actually don't like the word diet because I think it's temporary and it sets us up for failure, but those are my guidelines on how I eat. So those are non-negotiables and I make sure to move my body every day, whether it be, you know, one day it might be a 20 mile run and one day it might just be a easy yoga practice. One day it might just be walking but I make sure to move my body every single day intentionally. And I try to break a sweat every day. Um, and then I also work on my mental health every day. I practice gratitude. I journal, I do some meditation. So those are more of like the non-negotiables and then all the other stuff are like good to have. Yeah. And I think that that's such a good point to make too. It's like, any, you know, even we talk about using like detox tools and stuff like that. And it's, it's, it's not that if you miss it for one day, you're, you're, you know, you're going to be so unhealthy or it's not going to work. It's like, it's okay to ebb and flow and listen to your body. And that's where the practices you mentioned before are so, so important to, to yeah. be able to stop and ask yourself, 
okay, what, what does my body crave today? Do I need these supplements today? And if I don't, that's okay. I'm not going to, it's not the end of the world. So I'm glad you said that because that's yeah. stressful if you constantly have to, you have to be doing all these things. Yeah. If, if your biohacking routine or your health and wellness routine is causing you more stress, then it's probably not working. So it shouldn't be stressful at all. It should feel good. So exactly. There is no one size fits all. There's not even a one size fits you. You just have to see how you feel that day, follow your intuition, but also know like the baseline things that you need to do to be healthy. I love that. I think it, I think it comes down to like, for me, what when I first kind of started, I didn't, I don't know if I've ever really used the term biohacking, but it's definitely what I was doing. And it's, it's this idea. And I think this comes from Mark Sisson, but it's, it's the idea of N equals one, like I am the experiment. So there's an element of like being willing to experiment with yourself and like being really curious and then evaluation, like in the sense of the same as like an experiment. Again, that I guess it can kind of sound a little bit masculine, but it's like, Mm -hmm. I'm willing to like be the experiment. And if there's something that doesn't feel good, like if I'm dragging my feet, if I'm not feeling inspired, if I'm feeling tired, if there's certain things I just keep resisting, like just being curious, being like, I'm the experiment here. Like what, what isn't working about this anymore? You know, what, why am I not wanting to take my supplements? Why am I not wanting to do my meditation in the morning? Like there's a certain element of being consistent and like, and devoted to the tasks, but then there's also an element of being like, okay, I want to evaluate where I'm at. And that's um, something that I've been getting into recently. It's just like at, at the end of every week, taking like every Sunday, taking like 10 minutes to evaluate my week. Like what went really well? Where did I feel really good and in, in alignment and what kept getting put off, didn't get done all week or what didn't feel good that I did do, but I didn't like it. And that evaluation, I feel like requires you then to just keep getting like, it's like you're leaning out that stuff and you're, and you're able to shift the, the practices that you're doing to shift to ebb and flow and, and cycle with yourself, you know? Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's actually how I came up with the term bio curious, because I, I want to encourage people to be curious about their biology. And like you said, examine what's happening for you. Um, You know, what is your biology telling you? How do you need to support it? And what can you change? But also, I love that you take like the scientific approach for me, you know, what gets measured gets done. And that's really from a health science point of view. But um, I love to collect like my biometrics to see like, I track my sleep, for instance, and is my sleep improving when I'm doing these things? Or is my heart rate variability improving when I'm doing these things? Like, I love to see the data to back up the stuff that I'm doing. So I encourage everyone to do that. But even at the most basic level, you can just sit and you can like feel your heart rate. And you can tell like, if your heart is beating out of your chest, because you're so anxious, like, that's biofeedback right there. It can tell you what you need. What you probably need in that moment is to take a few breaths and relax and calm yourself however you need to do that. Awesome. Yeah. So I'm thinking it would be cool to, I feel like you kind of went over your like kind of daily routine or your non-negotiables, <laughs> I guess, that kind of are biohacking, but um, maybe we could go through 
generally, I guess, like what you think people should, if there's like three things you think people should hit throughout the day, and then maybe Kylie and I can both talk about what we do on, on a normal day, just to give people ideas, I guess. Yeah, sure. So um, one of the things that I think is really powerful is having a morning routine where, um, you know, you make some time to do some things that set you up for success. And I'm, I'm not prescriptive on what your morning routine should include. And honestly, I don't know what's going to work best for you. But for me, um, I always like to make sure that I start my day out a little slowly um, so that, you know, I don't just jump right into email first thing when I wake up. So I like to wake up and ease into the day. I'd like to, if I can, I like to fit in a little meditation practice. And then I like to sit quietly before I even look at my phone or anything else and have a little, you know, a cup of coffee or some tea or even just some water. Um, and then sometimes I'll, I'll add in some reading in the morning um, because my brain's fresh and I really retain information. Um, but I, if I can, I like to keep it like paper reading instead of going straight to a screen. Um, but then also I have some things like every morning when I, um, I, a lot of times I'll include a workout in the morning because I feel my best during the day if I, if I sweat first thing in the morning. Um, but even if not, when I take my shower in the morning, I like to do a cold blast because it really kind of shocks your system and wakes you up and gives you energy. So, um, so I'd say morning routine for sure. Um, and then throughout the day, yeah, tune into your body, take breaks. It doesn't have to be like a full meditation. It doesn't have to be 10 minutes. It could be just a simple break to take three breaths, tune back into your body, make sure you're okay, and then keep going. Um, and then the last thing is sleep is essential. And we could probably do a whole podcast on sleep, so I won't go into it, but, um, you know, we all need seven to nine hours of sleep every night. And if we can get that to be continuous without interruption, that's best. Um, something is uh, something that I struggle with a lot, but it's something that I also work on intentionally to try to improve. Yeah. Awesome. Mine's very similar. And I'll, and I'll preface it by saying that it's like, it's right now, like I do change my kind of, I, I thrive off of, off of difference. Like I'm not a routine person actually. So and I know that about myself. Again, it's just like something I've learned. Like I've tried to force myself into routines before and yeah. it doesn't work. Um, and I just immediately rebel against it. <laughs> but I do do the same. I like to wake up slow. I really, I always feel like I get set off on the wrong foot. If I wake up late and get into my emails and my phone and work, like I'm immediately in that frantic state. So waking up, doing a meditation, I, I wake up, I wash my face, I brush my teeth. And then I go back into my bedroom and I do a meditation. Um, and I really like like visualizations and stuff lately. Sometimes mm -hmm. I really like silent, silent, just timer meditations. But right now I've been into visualizations. Um, and then I go downstairs and fix breakfast, do my coffee. I always drink uh, warm lemon water in the morning. That's mm -hmm. something that hasn't changed for years, actually. Mm -hmm. um, and just, I don't know why. It's just easy. And I, I never resist it. Ever. It's always what I want. And then I go to work, do my work stuff. And at the end of the day, and this is kind of new, I've been evaluating the day because I found that working from home, I need, I need like a, like an ending point. Like yeah. it's like, 
or else I just kind of feel like I'm in work until I go to bed. Um, and so I work out normally midway through the day. So I'll do a workout in the middle of the day to break up my work, my work day. And then in the evening, I evaluate what I did that day. Did I hit my three? I have three targets for each day, main ones. Did I hit those targets? If not, why not? Not judging myself, not feeling bad about it. Just mm -hmm. like, why not? Why didn't I? What, what came up? Was there something that came up? Did I resist it? And then I have a whiteboard that I'll do my three things I need to do for the next day, maybe some of their notes. And then I can kind of feel like I wrap the day up, you know? Yeah. And then I do try to be more present with my husband, eat dinner, not be on the phone. And then I'll sometimes come back and do a little bit more work after dinner, depending. Um, and then at nighttime, I try to do a meditation either while I'm going to sleep, like I'll put it on to go to sleep. Or I'll actually sit up and do a meditation and then go to sleep. Um, and I try to do a bath like three to four times a week. So kind of consistently. Um, and that's pretty much it. Like that's, yeah. those are my, that's my framework. And then every week I do that evaluation on Sunday where I plan out my workouts, I plan my meals, I plan my three things each day I'm going to get done that week um, that work towards like quarterly goals. So there's a lot of. Yeah. Of, of kind of like planning, but it helps me stay super focused. Um, Absolutely. And I also, I'd like to mention that all those things are excellent biohacks. <laughs> yes, totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mine's super similar. I, I mean, you know, <laughs> I think that kind of when you start to add in some of these biohacks that they work and that's probably why a lot of us who are healthy and, and successful tend to be drawn to them because um you know I do the lemon water slow morning um I'm super into visualization um I have this planner called the manifest manifestation planner and it's my daily planner but it also prompts you to write things out um so I've been using that and um and same thing, you know, I'm going through a little bit of a transition right now with my schedule. And so I'm kind of being bio curious about like what, when is the best time for me to work out? Um, I've always worked out in the morning and I was kind of playing around with not and doing it kind of later in the day. And it just, no, it doesn't work, you know? So um, just having fun with that and then, and then sleep. It's usually we're in bed by nine, puppy snuggles and yeah, you know, not and and allowing that to be flexible too. When I feel I need more sleep, not going. Oh well, you have to get up and you have to work out and you have to do this. It's like okay, yeah. just be in bed. So, yeah, yeah, I love that. You know, we're all three women entrepreneurs, leaders. I would say in our fields and um, and our routines are very similar. So and they're very basic. You know, it's just taking care of our basic needs so that we can be successful in our day. Yeah. And it's very much like for me, what, what resonates and like motivates me to do that is, is to serve better. Like you were saying, like it's, it's, it is about me, but it's also that when I'm at my best, I serve at my best. And if I make it about me only, mm -hmm. it doesn't work. It, it, I'll, I won't be consistent. I'll, I'll resist things. I'll just, you know, waste time and, so when I, when I finally like connected it to like, if I don't do these things, I literally don't show up well for my clients, for my team, for my husband, for everything, you know, then it became doable. It was like, well, there's no question that I have to continuously do like have these structures. So, 
Yeah, I feel the same. You know, you you can't pour from an empty cup. And so, um, and that's probably something that has come up a lot for especially women, um, because we want to, you know, pour a little bit of ourselves out on everyone around us. But if we fill our cup all the way up to the top and it's overflowing, then it can pour out on everyone and we can be full ourselves. Well, amazing. I think this was full of good stuff. Full yeah. of good stuff. Thank you guys so much for having me on. I really enjoyed our conversation and I love connecting with other boss babes that are really, you know, taking care of yourself first, but then you're also able to do so much because you're really, you know, taking care of yourself. So it's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's actually, that's an interesting point because I think if you would have told me like all the things I do in a day or in a week, like five years ago, I'd be like, oh my God, I could never do all that. But it, but it feels, it feels fine. Like I don't feel overwhelmed. I don't feel like I'm taking on too much. And if I do, I like make some decisions to cut stuff, you know? And so it's true. Like, I think, you know, through consistently doing this stuff, you, you do, you, your capacity does raise, like you can do more things that, so when you see someone out there and you're like, Oh my God, how do they do it all? Like Beyonce or something. It's like, well, probably through a process of doing things like this for a long time and being able to like take on more and more, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're really, they're truly self-actualized. So that's really what it's about. Definitely. Beyonce. Yeah. (laughs) Goals. 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 (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you so much, Kayla. And remember everybody, you can find her at BioCuriousKayla on insta and all the and all the things and we will link to all of that and um we'll link to your podcast as well i'm sure you guys talk about this stuff in depth oh yeah yeah yep absolutely cool thank you thank you so much kayla it was so great now that the fun is over we wanted to take a moment to drop some gratitude for lending us your ears for more on clara head over to instagram and check her out at revolutionary lifestyle For more on me, go to Instagram and check out me at Kylie Seifert underscore Kyfe.